Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, now's a good time to go to bfwdenver.com and uh, pick yourself up a wine bottle, uh, or you could book a table, uh, or you can pick up any, any amount of the swag that they got on there, too. I mean, they got a whole bunch of different things that you can check out. Plus, they do virtual wine tastings, uh, which are insane popular and go out for months so uh, if you're going to try that sort of thing get to it now um, but you can also go to the dairy block sit outside about right now is basically the best time of year in denver in my view uh, early fall is amazing in denver of course it's late summer but right now is the best time to go down to the dairy block rocky season's winding up you can go down there get yourself some wine have a good time with your friends once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, they uh, go to bfwdenver.com. They're always online there. Book yourself a table, get yourself a wine bottle, or pick yourself up some swag. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanche Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Uh, with me today, I got a special, special uh, guest here. Second time on CSG Podcast, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, a guy coming straight from his radio show at uh, 104.3 The Fan. Also, he does a podcast. Yes, that's right, folks. He does a podcast. And it's called the Mile High Hoops podcast. And I hope everyone listens to it uh, because I listen to it every time I get a new episode and you should too, especially since you are all Nuggets fans who listen to this. It is my friend, Zach Bai. Hello, Zach. What is up, Jeff Morton? Uh, thank you so much for having me back on as I uh, pour puffs into a bowl for my three-year-old <laughs> son. That's right. No, <laughs> so not the not the best timing there, but it's glad to be back on with you. Oh, it's great. Um, okay, I I initially was going to try to have you on before the Nuggets did Media Day festivities, but uh, plans had changed, and uh, they're now doing Media Week leading up to. Uh, the start of training camp in San Diego. So uh, it's going to be you're coinciding with the first tranche of interviews, but kind of to get, I know you've been in Broncos mode over at, uh, at the fan, but kind of give me your first initial thoughts about the Nuggets team after this offseason. What are your thoughts about the direction they're heading uh, into the 2021-22 season? Well, uh, Jeff, a couple of different thoughts. Um, one, my initial, and this is just this is just my natural initial reaction when I think about the start of the Nuggets season is I think it's so unfortunate that J Jamal Murray is not healthy uh, to to start the year. That is that is like, and, and I wish it wasn't the case because my mind goes to an absurd imagination and forecast if Jamal Murray was healthy with this 
Nuggets team. Right. Would the Nuggets be the favorite to come out of the West? I mean, I think that conversation would be squarely in play. Um, and, and if not, maybe the, the, the second or third, you know, they're not right there now to the outside prognosticators. Um, so that's my initial thought, uh, Jeff. My second uh, thought is that I thought the Cronkies made a real commitment uh, this offseason in paying Aaron Gordon. They knew what they were getting into when they made that deal and going into the luxury tax. That's going to be a legitimate bill for them to pay millions and millions of dollars. We know they're we know they're they're worth it. Um, but being worth it and willing to pay it are two different things. And uh, they have been reluctant in the past at times. Um, so I'm excited about the commitment from the organization. Um, and then, and then um, you know, I, I'm excited to see Aaron Gordon side by side in a more proper sample size uh, with Nikola Jokic. I don't know how many uh, games, I think they maybe played, uh, he played 18 games with the Nuggets before the uh, uh, the, the playoffs started, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I just want to see what it looks like after the implementation of, you know, details in an offseason. These guys barely practiced the time of year that Aaron Gordon showed up. Right. So I'm curious to see what it looks like um, with an offseason of continuity and, um, and then, you know, uh, you, you add in, you know, uh, another year under his belt for Monty Morris and you can say, you know, Will Barton coming back and the MVP of the league who may be even finding another level. I mean, you're seeing his body continue to change and mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about the idea that like, is there another tier for, for, for Nikola Jokic? So um, all that's kind of kicking around on my mind as we uh, as we're about to get started here. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, we we talked to uh, Vlatko Chanchar today, who's uh, Jokic's buddy. Uh, but yeah. uh, Vlatko's been out here uh, for a while, and he he's been saying that Jokic is has taken it to another level this offseason. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen the videos of Jokic yeah. just looking like he's ripped more than he ever has been. And uh, that's going to be interesting to see because you are absolutely right. They had no practice time last year. And it was amazing before Jamal got injured, how well they were gelling and how just immediately it worked. Uh, And it's kind of like one of those what if things, but with a full off season of practice, I think you're right. I think they'll benefit from that because uh, not off season, but like a full training camp and preparing for the season. Because yeah. to be honest with you, they you're right. You are. I didn't think about this, but they you are right. They didn't have any of that time due to protocols last year, and this year I think uh, they will really benefit from being at least in that closed uh, atmosphere together. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I, I think that Aaron Gordon's role on this team is, you know, I've often talked uh, through the years about championship teams and what what what, what is the construct of championship teams. You, you need the high-end talent, right? You don't win championships without high-end talent. But also, like, what does your fourth best player look like? Right. You know, and if, you're, if your fourth best player um, is a guy like Aaron Gordon, when, and this is when Jamal is healthy, if he's your fourth option, like, that's what a fourth option to me looks like on a team that's trying to win a championship. You know, a name that comes to mind when I used to watch the Laker teams with Kobe and Pau Gasol, it was like, can your fourth best player look like Trevor Ariza? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just rock solid. He might be your second option on the team that is um, 
like 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 Trevor Ariza's a second option on a team that's trying to make the playoffs. But if he's your fourth option, man, you you got some you got some dudes. And when you start going through it, when Jamal Murray comes back, and we don't know when that's going to be, and you know, uh, it looks like he's, I'm not a doctor, but it looks like he's ahead of the timeline when I see the, 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 you know, some of the videos that's come out of him. Right. Um, but you know, I, you kind of, again, you start to use your imagination of like, okay, you have the MVP of the league and you kind of fast forward a little bit with Jamal, you got the MVP of the league. You have a budding all-star who plays his best in these big moments. You have a budding superstar in Michael Porter jr. Right. You know, if, like, it, like if Michael Porter jr. Is your third option, like, or, or if he buds to the point where Jamal Murray's your third option, like, right. like, golly, this, this could be a, a really awesome basketball team. Maybe the best team in the history of the organization. I, I, I understand. And, and that, that part I've been thinking about too, because they were, they keep going back to last year and they looked, they looked like a championship team. They just looked, they had it. And Zach Lowe even was like, after that trade, he's like, oh man, I'm picking this team to go to the finals. And then what happened What ha- is what happened. And you bring up an interesting comparison here because I always think about it, a team constructs and, you know, whether there's three stars, two stars, kind of like whatever. Um, yep. The Shaq Kobe Lakers had a different kind of rotating group of behind them. You, um, and then the Bynum, uh, 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 Powell, uh, Kobe version, but I go back to Jordan's Bulls, and I keep thinking that Aaron jo- Aaron Gordon, if he can do it right, can be Horace Grant. Uh, mm-hmm. He can be that guy who is the anchor on defense and gives you just enough offensively. And I think the optimal role for Aaron Gordon is absolutely that. And you know, he just signed a a big contract extension and uh, is nine, you know, eighty eight to ninety two million dollars for four four years. Uh, he's got it in there. He's got it in the bank. And uh, if he could be that guy, I think this team can, even without Jamal, can be unlocked just a little. Yeah, I think I think so. I like that Horace Grant uh, 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 comparison. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why this team can't be that. And even before Jamal Murray comes back um, from the injury, I think this Nuggets team is going to win a bunch of games in the regular season. I, I really do. Yeah. I really like the depth on their team, um, you know, f- from the, you know, Fakus, the Austin Rivers, the, you know, a PJ Dozier is going to be a big part of, of this basketball team. Um, and then you talk about, you know, the, Je- the Jeff Greens and like, I, I, I think that um, the Nuggets are still built to win a bunch of games in the regular season without Jamal Murray. Right. My question is if Jamal Murray is, you know, and, and that's, that's one of my big, big questions about this basketball team um, in general is that like the disjointed nature of who they have and who they don't have and when, who they don't have will be coming back. And that's Jamal because there's two different things that are going to be happening here. One, Jamal Murray is going to come back and then it's going to take time till he's back back. Right. And then also there's going to be a lot of uh, things built in the time where you're waiting for him to come back and there's going to be roles established. And then those roles are going to change when Jamal does come back. So right. it's, it's one of these things where like this season, and I don't want to be pessimistic. Okay. I really don't, but I do wonder if, this is like the season before the season, right? You right. know, and, and 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 I don't I don't even feel comfortable um, 
like saying that because we haven't even started this season. We don't know what it's going to look like, but you know, Jamal is so good and he's so important to this team. And after you, you get past Jokic in say a, a second round series with games on the line when he's not there, who else is trustworthy? So again, I think the team is built to win a bunch of regular season games this year, even without Jamal. I just question ultimately where they can go as you're bringing Jamal back in the fold. Is there enough time for that thing to be homogenized and, and all mixed together and good to go when it really, really matters. I just don't know. I keep going back to something that uh, a couple incidents in Nuggets history, um, primarily Danilo Gallinari's ACL tear. Of course, he had a weird, wacky procedure done on it that had to be redone, but it took him, once he came back, it took him the better part of the entire season to start looking all right. Because there's psychological stuff, there's overcompensation stuff, there's all this stuff that goes on with athletes that uh, me as a normie has never had to had to face. Uh, but you were an athlete, you understand the mental preparation that it takes to come back from injuries like like this. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Zach, is that as a basketball player, if you're going to come back from an injury, like a catastrophic injury like that, forget about the, the physical preparation what about the mental preparation that comes back to when it comes to like getting back on the court and being yourself again, man. It, and the, the, the physical and the mental are two totally different things too. And sometimes the mental thing lingers longer than the actual physical injury in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, first of all, when it comes to Jamal specifically, Jamal is wired in such a way where, basketball is his life when you take that away something is filling the void right the rehab is his life right now like that is his life the rehab is his life so I think that with Jamal I think you'll see him coming back sooner than ever but man if there's one dude and guys who follow this basketball team know this what I'm about to say if there's one dude who you want to bet on his mental makeup and his mental toughness it's Jamal. So I think there naturally will be hiccups in the road because he hasn't dealt with anything like this. Um, And, and and certainly not at this level when the competition you're going up against is, you know, the best in the entire universe as we know it. Um, But I I feel more comfortable with Jamal um, than maybe I would have anybody else on uh, the team to get past the physical hurdles quicker than maybe anyone else, but the mental hurdles as well, he's wired for this. So I'll, I'll, I'll bet on that stock. I'll, I'll buy that stock. Right. And I, I, I am too there because he's so competitive and he works really hard. And part of the hard working is probably what leads to a guy getting injured like that because every fiber of, of his being goes into every play. That's just that you could just see it every time Jamal's on the court. And when guys work really hard like that, that's just sometimes it leads to stress and, and you know, it happens. Um, but coming back from it, I have no doubt just in my mind that he'll be able to come back maybe a little quicker than some of these other people have. Um, but when you, as someone who has played basketball, look at this, take all this aside, right? And you talked about the year before the year, you know, which I agree with. Um, when you look at this Nuggets roster, you know, is it still missing a piece or is it feely 
feel constructed to you. Um, I, I've got my own thoughts on that, but I wanted to hear yours because I was like, do you, do you look at this team and think, eh, they need a guy here? Or do you think, let's see how this goes once Jamal gets back and see how they kind of adjust and maybe you get another year full of year with this and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think I really like the way that they're constructed. Like if Jamal Murray was healthy right now, I would take a flyer on them to win the NBA championship. They have the talent. They have the continuity. They have the experience. You know, the, the road to an NBA title is typically a climb. You have these anomalies like the Toronto Raptors maybe, um, but typically it's a climb, a climb like the Nuggets have been on. This is going back, what is it, four years ago now when they lost to the T-Wolves in game 82 yeah. or three, or, or uh, I, I forget, but regardless, they have hit those rungs. I really like their team. I really do. If there was one if there was one characteristic about the team that I think may be missing, it doesn't really have to do with talent or fit. It's maybe just a little bit more of toughness, yeah. something I thought Paul Millsap two years ago or two seasons ago uh, really provided um, in that in that Clippers series. Right. Um, and I, I think when you look at championship teams, they often have a guy like uh, a Kendrick Perkins or Rasheed Wallace, a, a do not tread on me guy. Right. And I'm not saying that the Nuggets um, aren't tough. I certainly think they're mentally tough, but I, I think there is something uh, that could be, and I really don't know, but if, if, if I had to ask right now or answer right now before the season started, maybe a, a bit more of, um, you know, that just guy that maybe doesn't, he, he, he can score two points um, and still impact the game um, like a, you know, I don't want to give Patrick Beverly too much credit or um, like a Marcus Smart, but someone like that, a pit bull that can, a Draymond Green that can score four points and have his fingerprints all over the game from a substance standpoint, a physical presence, but also just like a uh, this, uh, a spine, a backbone of the team. Right. Um, that that could be a factor because I think the Nuggets have a group of really good guys mm -hmm. and really, really, really guys that you'd want to be around. And, and you know, um, some of that, like, there's a guy coming down the alleyway that you don't want to get caught in that alley with. That's just yeah. tougher than a $2 steak and you know what you're in for. Yeah. Um, they could be missing that. We'll see. They need a Kenyon Martin or a, uh, you know, a guy that can come in and mix things up, uh, a, um, a jerk, you know, uh, a, but a guy who's a jerk basketball ways, you know, it's a guy that's just kind of be able to, to, to not be pushed around. Uh, I got one more Nuggets question and then I had a big, big NBA related question for you. So, but for, as far as the Nuggets go, you saw the, the uh, Nikola Jokic win the MVP last year. And for some reason, and I'm, I, I, I think I, I, I got theories, but I won't espouse them right now. But I, Nikola Jokic, for whatever reason, is not being bought as the true MVP because people wanted it to be Steph Curry. They wanted it to be LeBron still, even though LeBron missed a good portion of the season. There's, just, there's, there's things like that, that out there that, what, in your mind, what, what leads people to kind of, kind of underestimate Nikola Jokic? Um, I, I think there's a couple different things. I, I've thought about this a lot over the years. Um, I think there's multiple factors at play. One, uh, I don't think people know him enough. You know, how I, 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 is, is Utah in the mountain time zone? I forget. Yes. But there's, there's, 
there's not there's not like teams in the mountain time zone. The Nuggets don't get a lot of opportunity to play on national TV. When they do, it's those 1030 East Coast starts. You know, sometimes people hear and go, oh, it's 830. It's too late. Well, what about the folks, you know, half of the country, Jeff, lives on the East Coast. 47% of the nation lives on the East Coast. So half of the country doesn't see him regularly. Second factor, he's not on social media. He doesn't put himself out there. So people can't can't connect with him that way. Mm-hmm. He also has the natural disconnect that he's not uh, American. And even among non-American players, like say, like uh, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid leans into the spotlight. He leans into the glory where Jokic doesn't really operate like that. So I think that, and then, and then you have, he, he also plays for the Nuggets. The Nuggets uh, traditionally are not a, you know, a a household team, a coastal, uh, uh, that uh, coastal cities are talking about. ESPN features them, you know, the same amount as, you know, they feature me or you. So, you know, I think that all those different energies coming together is a reason why that even some broadcasters in his MVP season still can't say his name right. Right. You know, that, that, that people have to say the Joker instead of actually learning how to say his name. Um, but if he keeps doing what he's doing, the way that Giannis Antetokounmpo did, you'll force them. He's on the verge of it right now. Um, so those are kind of my theories, Jeff, on why that he's kind of in the blind spot of some NBA fans. Oh, I, I, I get it. And that's a, that's a good answer too. That's kind of similar to the way I, to the way I think about it too. Um, actually, before I get to my NBA question, um, where do you think the Nuggets will land by the end of the year? The, the, where the, the Nuggets will land in the West? Yeah. Huh. I think they'll still be hosting a first round series. I'll say that. Uh, maybe a three or four seed. I'll say the four. Um I, like I said to you previously, I do still think that uh, this team has the depth and the depth combined with the top tier talent that they still have, uh, especially Michael Porter Jr. And Michael Porter Jr. can take the step that he took between year two and year three, or excuse me, no, year one and year two into mm-hmm. year three. I mean, yeah. I think they're going to be just fine. I mean, it, it, if he takes a quantum leap, the Nuggets could be the second seed. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that um, the fact that they have a lot of the same guys coming back, mm-hmm. I forget how many new players Mike Malone had last year, maybe seven or eight new players yeah, a year great. ago. Yeah. You have a lot of the same guys coming back. Monte, I mean, who's, I don't know who's going to be the starting five. Pro- probably Monty Morris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Like those five guys, you know, should be all familiar with themselves. They should get off to a good start. Um, so I'll say a, t- a top four seed. I'll say, I'll say the fourth seed. Uh, I think that's a good, good prediction right there. That's kind of where I have them too. I got them four or five, you know. Um, okay, NBA-related question. A big thing came down today, according to Adrian Wojnarowski from uh, – uh, uh, ESPN. Ben Simmons has base has told, "I am not. I am. I. I am not going to play another moment for the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm of two minds on this, and I want you to respond. Uh, first of all, you 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 signed a contract. You play on your contract. I don't care if they piss you off. You play on it. The other part of it is the as bad as Simmons played, and he was atrocious." in that series against the Hawks. Uh, 
both Embiid and Doc Rivers threw him under the bus after the season. And then uh, Daryl Morey hasn't exactly been basically he's been saying, I can't get anything for you because you played so bad as with all these leaks that have come out about trades that well, we can't take that. We can't take that. And I'm kind of like conflicted here because I'm like, I, I, I don't like players doing this and I don't like players holding a, a team hostage to, to get traded, but this situation is so toxic in Philadelphia that I kind of at the other part of me is like I kind of don't blame them I mean have you had any time to think about what's been going on in Philly and like thinking about what, what would you do in this situation well there, there's a lot there um you know one uh I understand your first point you, you kind of you got to play out the contract um I just don't think the rules for you and me apply in that world mm-hmm. I mean it's you know, it's just like we have speed limits and you're supposed to use your blinker. Is that every time I go on the road, I see people speeding and not using their blinker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the NBA. Like these contracts are, have basically become, you know, um, almost like verbals. <laughs> they, 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 it's, it's, it's crazy. If I were Ben Simmons, there's been so much noise, like you said, to the leaks coming out of that organization. I would probably feel the same way that he does. I think that we got to be careful when we reduce a basketball player down to a bad series. Mm -hmm. Um, Ben Simmons obviously was not very good in that series against Atlanta. Ben Simmons is a great basketball player. And and the fact that he affects the game in as many ways as he does without being able to shoot the basketball, like the point of the game is to put the basketball in the hoop. He's not great at that outside of five feet. So how could this guy be – you know, an all NBA player. It's because he is so great at these other things. I'm a big fan of Ben Simmons. I would want to play with Ben Simmons. Like if I would want Ben Simmons as my teammate, Um, he's probably a little bit uh, high maintenance, you know, and I've never been in a locker room with him, so I don't know, but he comes across that way. Yeah. But I, I, I think that we, we, we got to be careful misappropriating overreacting to a single series rather than years of sample size that this guy distributing the basketball, ripping glass off and going, pushing all NBA defender. I mean, he's flirted with defensive player of the year before. Um, so I, I, I am a Ben Simmons fan. I know the narrative on him is down, but if you talk about stocks, the way that they, I already used the stock analogy. So I apologize, but like Ben Simmons stock is low. This is a still a young basketball player. Um, that I, I would just gobble up the stock. I think that there's going to be a redemption tour uh, for Ben Simmons. So I know for a lot of people, I'm against the grain on that. He's a he's an easy uh, target, if you will, because he put on tape what he put on tape and in the biggest moments didn't want to make a layup type thing. I get it. Um, I just don't want that poor series to be a referendum on who he is as a player. I agree with, with you 100%. And uh, I'm of the same thought and, I think he would look good. I mean, just in my own mind, and Nuggets fans are going to like hate me for this, but I think he would look good next to Nikola Jokic, to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I, I don't think that's a crazy thought. I really don't. I really don't. I, I think that if the Nuggets had uh, another terrific shooter, that would make it even more of a slam dunk. Like my mind goes like, what if he could ever be on, and I know I'm not the first person to, 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 to share this, but like, what if he could ever share the floor with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson? Yeah. Like, 
you start your your imagination starts running wild. Right. Um, and, and 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 as much as Philly plays through Joel Embiid, I'm just I just don't know if that was the best fit for him individually as a player. So I want to see him go to a team where his uh, style and strengths and not his weaknesses are accentuated. Uh, it'd be pretty fascinating if, if he was here in Denver. Um, I'm willing to pass on that experiment given the group that the Nuggets have. Right. Uh, but that that you know, you can kind of fire up 2K and maybe, you know, pick your- <laughs> right. Uh, okay, Bo, before I get you out of here, tell them where they can find you, uh, what you do, and uh, all the places that they can locate Zach by. Yeah, thank you. Um, I do the show, uh, uh, I was about to say noon to three, for four and a half years, been noon to three. Now we're 11 to two on Denver Sports Station 104.3, the fan in Denver. You can listen all across the world. Uh, through a podcast in our in our app or just on 1043thefan.com. Uh, do the Mile High Hoops podcast. Uh, just did one uh, this past week talking about the reacting to the Aaron Gordon, um, you know, re-upping and uh, the commitment from the Cronkies. So we have the Mile High Hoops podcast. You can listen to anywhere where you get your podcast. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I tweet about the Nuggets. I'm, I'm probably the only guy at my radio station that really is uh, all in on basketball. I love the game. You know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you can follow me at buys line on Twitter. And um, that's about it. And, uh, you know, as always, I told you last time, I, I love chatting hoops with you and yeah. have for a few years. So I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And, and Zach gets random tweet uh, text from me about, stupid subject so uh he puts up with my randomness anyway so uh i love it i love it so anyway thank you for joining us there zach i appreciate it and uh yeah i'll be back in one moment now i'd like to tell you about DraftKings, america's top rated sportsbook app uh nfl has been going really really good right now folks and i think uh you're going to enjoy all the different um, promotions and all the different uh, uh, abilities that you can get in the game with this. And it's been a great start of the NFL season, as I said, and it's only getting better as at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is kicking off another week of action by giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Uh, bet just $1 on any football game this week and receive $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. And this football season, all customers can swing, swing big with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Same Game Parlays will allow you to combine multiple bets for bigger payout. This week, place a Same Game Parlay on any NFL game and you will be credited up to $25 if your bet loses. Wow. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code MHS to get $150 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting and partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, Zach made some good points um, just now talking about the uh, uh, the Ben Simmons situation. And I, I, I honestly look at that and I think, how could Sixers mess this up any more than they already have? I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't know. All you have to do 
all you have to do is get on the same page. You don't have to like all the stuff that Bead said and Doc Rivers said and all that stuff could have been said behind closed doors. But as long as you create a united public front, you're going to be better off. And uh, what I saw with this uh, Sixers team was a complete inability to do that because they because uh, Embiid is an emotional guy. Uh, Doc Rivers, I couldn't under I, I could not understand. He's a professional coach. I could not understand why he would throw Simmons under the bus after that series, as bad as it was, and it was legitimately bad. Uh, Simmons had legitimately a very I don't know how to put this. He had a very terrible series, shooting the ball, going to the free throw line, and then that layup that he just didn't bother taking because he was worried about getting fouled is something that obviously is a thing that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, Sorry about coughing into that. Um, but, I think the Sixers is it point to a different. There's a different kind of approach. <coughs> Excuse me, I choked on water. Um, there's a different kind of approach that the Sixers could have taken, but there's also a, a, a. I need to tell people this situation is different than most of. This isn't Anthony Davis, and here's why I say that. Ben Simmons can go anywhere he wants, and. He's made it known that he's not sticking to just a contender, uh, which is different from Anthony Davis. It's different from other situations, um, you know, different from Carmelo Anthony, who only wanted the New York Knicks. This is Ben Simmons saying, just get me out of, of six, the Sixers. I will play anywhere. Just get me out of the Sixers, which should make things easier. And it opens up the whole league. But Daryl Morey, who has basically said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not down with that. This is uh, well. I want a great big haul after your coach and your best player on your team trashed him. Uh, what kind of thing were they thinking? So they want him to come back and improve his trade value while they bash him. I mean, I just don't understand that. And, and Zach was right. This is different. This is a different kind of league. And uh, these sort of things can come back to bite you. And it definitely, definitely did on the Sixers team. And I, I'm hoping that this gets up to, res- for the sake of the Sixers fans, I hope this gets a revolution- resolution before then. I hope the resolution comes and they get into a better situation because this sort of thing can tear a team apart. And the Nuggets in 2011 were very lucky that they were held together by uh, – George Carl that year. And I, I've told people that's the best coaching job I've ever seen George Carl have was that 2010, 11 Nuggets team. Um, there's no reason that team could have, should have won 50 games that year. And it's amazing. Absolutely amazing that they did. All right. Thank you all for joining me at the latest pod, uh, Newark cast. Uh, thank to Zach by from 104.3, the fan for coming on and the mile high hoops podcast. We will have him on. We will have him on again uh, during the season and we'll do it from there. So anyway, thank you all for joining me. I'll be seeing you guys later.